When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Talking City. My name is Simon Bykowski. I'm joined by Stuart Brennan. Hello there. And we're delighted to be joined by ESPN's Jonathan Speak Smith. Speak for yourself. That's very kind, thank you. <laughs> Simon, anyway. You might have uh, you might have heard, seen Jonathan's name in uh, one of Stu's tour diaries. But uh, he's got a lot more to offer than Hopefully, than hopefully, yeah. It's all, been, it's all gone well since that moment, anyway. Um, so we are... On to the second leg of the Manchester City tour. We've um, seen the team in Chicago and their first game of three, which was against Borussia Dortmund uh, last night, as we're recording. So, gents, what what was the first thing you uh, you took from that game last night? Um, it's difficult to take anything from pre-season games, especially the first one, because it's it's all about fitness, isn't it, at this stage? You know, players getting back in in the groove. They've they've had they've had some weeks off. Uh, they've been playing on the, the training pitch, but he's just about getting getting a bit of fitness, shaking off the rust. And this was always going to be difficult because, of course, City have had a record number of players at the World Cup, sixteen. Uh, so it was a very very young team. Uh, and the fact that Emerick Laporte wasn't quite fit, he's got a little bit of a niggle, so he wasn't playing. Meant that the only senior players really were, were Claudio Bravo. Uh, and Riyad Mahrez uh, that were on the pitch I've not missed anybody out there have I um, so it was a, a load of young lads and a lot of them playing out of position You know, Luke Bolton at right back who's normally a winger Zinchenko at left back I know he played there in the first team last season but he's not a left back and we can all see that uh, and then um, a centre back pairing of Jason Denea who's to put it bluntly not wanted by the club He's probably on his way out this summer. And young Eric Garcia, very promising, but only 17 years old. And then you're up against the Dortmund team that had their first game last week. Mario Goetz up front, who's a World Cup winner. Christian Pulisic on the on the right, who's people are tipping to be the greatest US footballer of all time. And, and a handful of I think there's about five or six players who, who will expect to play in the Dortmund first team next season so it was always going to be you know and I, I think the fact that it ended up 1-0 uh, if, if you put any store by the results is, is probably a positive I don't know what you think John oh yeah I, I agree really I mean it, it had all the hallmarks of a sort of classic Pep Guardiola line of what we've come to expect lots of passing lots of movement lots of triangles that kind of thing but it's very difficult to read too much into it. You look at the, the starting eleven, and really there was only two people who were in contention for that Premier League opener against Arsenal, um, and they, it was very difficult for them to influence the game. I, I was impressed by a lot of the youngsters, but essentially, I don't think they'll be involved at any point uh, going forward. You know, Garcia is probably two, three years away from even being considered for the first team, but he was very effective. Did, did all the right things. He looks like a real player. Um, I think possibly the one concern is that Zinchenko uh, he did well last season when he was called upon but he, I thought he really struggled against Pulisic actually Pulisic yeah. did him a couple of times and obviously that's where the goal came from Zinchenko's clumsy challenge stretching against Pulisic and obviously results don't matter but 
it wasn't a great moment for him. Zinchenko did well last season though because he played in a team that was always on the front foot. Whenever he was on the back foot and asked to defend, he looks he looks exactly what he is in an attacking midfielder who's been asked to do a job at left back. And he was on the back foot all the time against Pulisic last night and we saw what happened. So, I mean, luckily he's not an option at left back this season because Mendy's back and uh, Fabian Delph has sort of established himself as the main man, hasn't he? I think Zinchenko is going to be off-ski before, uh, <laughs> yeah. before we know it. Well, that, that's it. I mean, we spoke to Zinchenko a few days ago and there have been interest from Fulham and Wolves both looking to sign him. He was very non-committal about his future. He seemed to say, oh, we'll wait and see, didn't he? And he's uh, happy playing wherever. But he's uh, one player that you would not be surprised if they weren't there at the start of the season. Another one of those is Joe Hart, who uh, has come on the tour. Guardiola full of praise for him uh, before the game. And he got a half Joe Hart in a City shirt. It's not something we thought we'd we'd see again, is it? No, it was yeah, it was strange. It was strange to see him back at the uh, back at training last week. Strange to see him included on the tour, and then strange to see him on the pitch. Um, he did, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He looked, he looked good. It, it's 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 just a shame the way his his career has panned out, particularly over the last couple of years, uh, and particularly when you look at this summer and the way way it's gone. This should have been his World Cup. He's at the perfect age for a goalkeeper. He's been in the first choice for England for uh, a number of years. I mean, it's going back to 2010, I think, was uh, when, he, when he first became England number one. And it's just a shame to see the way it's gone over the last two years. Didn't work out in Torino. Went even worse at West Ham, and he really needs to get get himself sorted, settled at a club, uh, and, and just be the number one and and be the keeper who provided those performances that we saw regularly at City. And also those amazing games he did when think back to Borussia Dortmund um, yeah. in the in the Champions League, Barcelona away. He's a great keeper, and uh, it would be good to see him back at those heights again. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I concur. I mean, we stopped him. He spoke in the in the mix zone after the game. Um, he obviously realizes that there's still nothing down for him at City, despite being on the tour. It wasn't a case that he's been brought on the tour to try and. You know, getting back in at City in any capacity. Uh, City are saying that they will, he will be leaving uh, one way or another this summer, uh, whether it's on loan or permanent. Um, uh, the full interview with him will be will be online on the Manchester Evening News website. But he um, he did say that he has to leave permanently this summer. He's not interested in in another loan, and you can understand why. It was funny, really, because he he was quite emotional in the interview. I mm. felt I don't think I was. I don't think I was sort of imagining that. Were you emotional, Stu? I never get emotional, so <laughs> you know that. Apart from apart from when somebody brings me a big burger and fries or something. <laughs> like that. Um, but no, yeah, it was quite sad to see because you know I've interviewed Joe a lot, a lot down the years, and he's always been very, very confident and very outspoken and, and forthright. And you did feel that this has affected him the last two seasons. You did feel there's a little bit more within himself, and you felt he. It, it sounded like he was going to choke on his words at times, and that isn't like him, you know. And I just hope he can come through that because he's a good lad at the end of the day, and uh, you know, and he's, he's he, he means a lot to City fans. He's been a hero to City fans down the years. You know, he played an important part in in the title success, those two title successes in 2012 and 2014. You know, you look back at some of the performances in the Champions League, 
you know, arguably since City got back in the Champions League, arguably he has been City's best Champions League performer in the last seven years. The number of times that he, he put in performances that kept them in, in games, kept them in ties. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite sorry to see. It's, it's hard to see what, what's gone wrong. I mean, I, I tried to bring this up with him and he sort of fixed me with that steely glare that he, he, he does if he doesn't like a question. But I made the point that maybe... Did he? Does he need to evolve as a goalkeeper? Because goalkeeping has changed, hasn't it? You know, you know, we've seen Edison at City. We can see why Joe Hart doesn't fit because he's he's not good enough with his feet to play that role. Yeah. And then you see Jordan Pickford doing it for England at the World Cup, playing out with his feet. And we all know that Joe isn't as good at that. So I asked him, does he need to evolve as a goalkeeper, perhaps, to keep playing at the highest level? And he basically said, well, I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to improve every aspect of my goalkeeping. So, but you think, well, yeah, you know, have you got that in your locker? Can you can you do it? You know, because you see Alisson coming into Liverpool. Um, you know, top clubs want players who can goalkeepers who can use the feet, and he's uh, he doesn't strike you as that. So you just you just wonder where he got goals from. I can't imagine a Premier League club taking him. Um, and then you think one of the top foreign clubs probably won't either so does he drop down in division does he does he go abroad again I mean I like to think they would I like to think there's a club out there for him that would that would take him on board and uh, and because he's, he's a fantastic shot stopper he's got so many so many good attributes I just wonder if that's that might hold him back though in terms of, of his next move Is there a chance that come the end of the the end of August end of the transfer window Joe Hart is still a Manchester City player. He's a very slim one. I mean, we asked him that, and he said, "Well, of course, if I don't get fixed up, I will be because I've got a contract, which is fair enough." Um, but judging by what I mean, obviously his agent is he's working hard uh, trying to fix something up with him while he's out here um, training with City and playing with City. Uh, and, and City's viewpoint on it is that they think he will get something. You know, they're, they're trying to facilitate, they're trying to help him as much as possible. I mean, the fact that we, they agreed to, he agreed to do the interview, and City were happy for him to do that interview, sort of speak, speaks towards that. It's just to get his name out there and remind people that here we have a top class goalkeeper uh, with a lot of international caps and experience uh, who, who's going for a song. Really, you know, I can't imagine City are going to. Expect a great fee for him after after what happened last season and the season before, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be extremely surprised if he's still here for next season. Now, um, we also heard from Guardiola for the first and second time um, of the summer since a lot a lot has happened, a lot has gone on. Um, I can remember speaking on an earlier podcast. Saying that uh, there was no, absolutely no doubt that Jorginho and Riyad Mahrez would be on the, the plane, um, but only Mahrez is on, the plane with City because the Jorginho deal fell apart quite uh, spectacularly. Um, do City need to strengthen in that role? I think probably possibly they do because I think it's it's a lot of pressure on Fernandinho to replicate what he did last season. He was fantastic last season, but I think. You're talking about a season this year, possibly 60 games, and they need an alternative. Um, he, Pep talked about the possibilities of people like Gundogan playing there. Well, he mentioned Zinchenko, Delph, but I think they've all they've all tried that role, and I'm not sure. I think Gundogan's been more effective playing slightly further forward. 
Delft's looks a, a terrific uh, backup for Benjamin, Benjamin Mendy as a left back. So yeah. I think that I see that as his role. So I think they obviously Yaya's gone. I think there's an opportunity. That is the one area possibly where they look a little bit short. You say that about Gundogan, but I, I was looking at his record when he stepped in for Fernandinho last season. I think he was he was injured, wasn't he, after the League Cup final? Um, and Gundogan stepped in, and and they they won at Arsenal three 0 in the league. They won at Spurs three one, and they beat Chelsea one 0 All with Gundogan playing that role. So I think this is why Pep's quite reasonably relaxed about it because. City are so much. I mean, whether it'll be the same next year, I don't know. But City spent last season entirely on the front foot, and you've got a player like Gundogan wasn't really being asked to do a lot of defending, even against clubs like Chelsea and Arsenal and Spurs, where normally you know it's nip and tuck. So you know it'd be reasonably relaxed. But the other thing is, um, sort of the vibes that are coming out of the club are that they they, they weren't massively bothered about Jorginho. Obviously, they wanted him. You know, it'd be ridiculous to say they didn't because they'd agreed a forty-four million pound fee for him. Um, but they weren't prepared to go the extra mile. They weren't prepared to slap the extra money on the table uh, once once Chelsea had come in for him. Um, and the vibes coming out of the club, whether you believe it or not, are that the they think that they can replace him cheaper. And the obvious way of doing that is one of the young lads. And we know that Claudio Gomez joins the club on Monday uh, when he turns 18. Um, he has been training alongside uh, the first-team squad. And Pep said in his press conference, uh, he gave that little smile that he, he gave last year when he was praising Phil Foden to the height and said he, he was, he's been impressed with Claudio Gomez and said he was so, so good. Now, it's not often you hear him say say something like that, so you kind of think, are they looking at Claudio Gomez and thinking, all right, he's only he's only 18 this week, um, but from what we've seen, this kid has got what it takes, and in a year or two, maybe even this season, because he'll he'll throw him in if he's good enough, maybe even this season, he could be the man who's, who, who's a backup for Fernandinho. Now, you're talking about bringing players... In as it stands, they're not interested in that that top caliber of midfield, are they? Like um, Thiago Alcantara, Milan Pjanic has been linked. Um, there's another one, isn't there? Kovacic. Kovacic, yeah, who they were looking at um, earlier in the summer, along with Mario Lamina at Southampton. Um, but they, I mean, having agreed personal terms with Jorginho and expected a deal to come through is there a sense do you think of City keeping the cards close to the chest on on maybe sorting out another deal having got their fingers burnt at the hands of Napoli and, and Chelsea well the, so the message the message was earlier in the, as with every transfer with, George, with Jorginho yeah he's our number one target but they do, we always have a number two and a number three as mm. back up um but it was it was quite noticeable that when uh, when Jorginho fell through, all of a sudden there was no number two and number three. It's almost as if if uh, those names had been sort of let out there uh, as a way of trying to you know keep the pressure on Napoli and saying look we have got alternatives if if you're not prepared to budge we have got alternatives and I don't think they really did. I don't think they did have an alternative. I don't think Kovacic was ever on the cards. I mean we've since seen Real Madrid say that they did want eighty million for Kovacic. City won't pay that. 
um, and Lamina, who, who you think would be gettable. Um, there's been absolutely no noise around them going for him at all. Um, so I, I just think that that was that was a negotiating tactic. I, don't, I think once Jorginho fell through, they all looked at each other and thought, "Well, what do we do now? Um, do we go for someone else? Do we do we take a look at the young lads coming through on tour? Because we've got Douglas Louise on tour as well. I thought he he was all right at times last night. He's he's doesn't look ready for the first team to me, but you know. You never know. We give him give him six months training with the first team if if that's what they choose to do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think they I don't think they have. I mean, we so our sources are telling us that City are not looking for somebody else. You know, certainly not a, a high profile signing. And you think, well, what's a low profile signing? Hmm. They're going to get somebody from League Two or something. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah. If you're joining Manchester City, you're a high-profile signing. You, you just don't find somebody unless it's a young lad, and that's what they've done. They, they bring they sign in a lad on Monday. He, he can only sign on Monday because that's when he turns. Well, he turns 18 on on Monday, and they, to, to avoid bureaucracy, they haven't signed him before his 18th birthday. So, um, you know, to me, that that make, it, it adds up. I might be, might not be right, but it adds up to me that they they think that he they've got Gundogan, they've got Delph, um, so you know Pep isn't in a, isn't in a blind panic mm-hmm. about it. And, and then and if this young lad, yeah, as well, yeah. I mean, the problem know. becomes if Fernandinho gets injured or suspended. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, they, they were lucky really that he, he missed missed a handful of games last season. One with a suspension, wasn't it? And no, it was one to avoid a suspension, wasn't it? When he played against West yes. Ham, yeah, and yeah. then he, he had he had. About three games that he missed after the after he was injured in the League Cup final. Yeah, but he does absolutely hate missing games. So yeah, if uh, yeah. if that carries on, we'll be all right. He's a year older, and that's the problem now. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. Bought, and, and the amount of hammer he gives, you know, he runs himself into the ground season after season. You kind of think, how long can he keep doing that? Yeah. Well, for, for now, the uh, the search is not not on the cards, but. We'll see with less than three weeks of the window to go. So no Jorginho, but Riyad Mahrez did play against Dortmund. Did you like what you saw from him, John? Yeah, it was difficult for him, obviously, because um, he didn't have a a lot around him. You know, I've written in my piece for ESPN that he's he has when he's got to play. He's in the opening games. He's going to have Kyle Walker right back behind him. He's not going to have Lou Bolton a sort of converted winger. So that completely changes the dynamic of the way. Yeah. So it was difficult to for him to influence the game, but I thought it was quite interesting that he sort of switched midway through the first half with Diaz, Brahim um, Diaz, and moved into a more of a central position, which is not necessarily something I would expect him to do. I'd see him as an out and out winger, but he looked quite good. I thought it was City's best moments at that point were him and Foden. He was a, he was also struggling to really make a big impact on the game. Um, I think it's well, let me just. On Foden, I think it's just there's pressure's being really wrapped up in him at the moment. Yeah. After the uh, England's run to the semi-finals, everyone's saying, right, okay, let's look at four years' time, and they've already got Foden in the team. Yeah. He's 18, and he's and he's still learning the game, and number 10's a difficult position for experienced players. So I think people have to be a little bit more patient. And um, it was. I saw a few people saying, well, why, you know, is Pep going to give him a chance this year? He needs to and all this. Well, he's 18, he's got plenty of time, there's no, there's no worry. 
But anyway, sorry, back to back to Mares. Um Yeah, no, I don't apologise. There, <laughs> there were gl- there were glimpses of the player that we know uh, we've we've seen for three years, four years with Leicester. Um, and because I, I, like I've written, is that I think he's he's bringing something that City perhaps didn't have before, which was just that great skill to get past a player. Um, he can go either way. He, he, he can turn fullbacks inside out. And we know that City play can play quickly on the break. You think back to some of those classic goals from last season, the one Everton away and uh, Arsenal goals. He's going to be perfect for that kind of thing. And he, he, he was so effective when Leicester won the title. Yeah, brilliant at the Etihad that year as well. Yeah, yeah. What impressed me, I mean, I've seen a lot of pre-season games down the years and you tend to see even even really good players who've had the summer off, they come back and the the ball's alien to them, you know, the, the touch is deserted and they have to sort of find their way back into it. But straight, I think his first touch was was just exquisite, you know, he, he sort of, he, he's bringing the ball under control every time, he's looking to use it intelligently, he nearly scored uh, the free kick that the keeper pulled off a great save and then he whistled one just past the post as well uh, and he's crossing he, he just he just looked like he was saying yeah I, I belong at this level you know I know, I know he's playing in a young team but even so he's pulled the shirt on and he knows it's going to be tough to get into that team after what they did last season but his performance last night just said to me yeah look this is easy for me I, you know I'm a footballer and I, this is what I've got and I think I think Pep watching that would have been absolutely delighted I'm think, like you say thinking when he's got Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva as John said Kyle Walker behind him he's got Sergio Aguero or Gabriel Jesus to supply you know it's, it is a it's a quite terrifying prospect for, for Premier League defences who who had it rough against City City last season and now they've got something else to worry about and the thing is, what you know, De Bruyne, Silva, Bernardo, we're used to seeing players with exquisite touches that just take the ball out of the sky at the drop of a hat and um, control have complete mastery over the ball. So you have to be really good to stand out, as Mares did last night. Um, so very promising on that front, but he will continue to uh, to sort of be alone. First team player, won't he, for the rest of the tour? Because there's not not that many players coming back for the World Cup. We've got Bernardo Silva linking up with the squad um, for this leg of the tour, but a lot are still are still missing, and some maybe won't come back until um, the start of the season, which maybe puts them a doubt for the the Arsenal game on the opening day. Is there is there a risk of City being a bit undercooked um, for the start, or should they have enough to? You know, it, surely everyone's got got absences. Yeah, everyone has got absences, but not as many as City. I think they had the, more than anyone since the World Cup. And Pep seems to have been very generous in his giving time off. Um, you look at who, who's linked up with the other clubs. I mean, De Gea's with United, um, and David Silva's not going to be coming to the States at all. Yeah. Um, you know, Gund- Gundogan was knocked out. In the group stages, group stages. with Germany, um, so, but he, he he spoke about it before the game against Dortmund and said that he thought it was important for them to get rest, recuperated. It's going to be a big season, 
um, and if they didn't feel like they were ready to come back then to take time off and Pep's obviously we've seen last season he's a, he's a master at managing the squad in terms of their personalities um, and getting the best out of them by looking after them uh, so it's you know he, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sort of challenge him on that. I, I, I my first thought was that it's uh, perhaps surprising how much time. I mean, Leroy Sane, for instance, wasn't even at the World Cup. He was in the uh, the pre World Cup squad with Germany and obviously strangely got dumped. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't even back in Manchester for the first week. So, but uh, yeah, Guardiola is a master at managing the egos and stuff like that. So. If it's his, if it's his call, it's probably the right call, isn't it? Don't you think though? By the time it gets to the Community Shield, and certainly by the time it gets to the Arsenal game, they'll all they'll all make sure they've been batting and ready for that game. And it, I think he knows that. I think he's he's saying the right things by saying if they need the time off. But we've already seen John Stone saying he's going to come back so he can play in the Community Shield. Uh, Bernardo Silva's coming back, coming out to the states when he didn't have to do it. Benjamin Mendy's coming out to the states when he didn't have to do it. So. If you're if you're a player and you're on your holidays and you're seeing the other lads coming back voluntarily, you know how bad it's going to look if you don't do it. If you turn up the Monday before the Arsenal game and say, <laughs> "Right, hey, you know, I've had me three weeks off now," I mean, I'd be very surprised if any of them do it. I think they'll all come back and all want to play in a Community Shield. Um, well, I, th- I think there may be exceptions to that. I, th- I think I think someone like Kevin De Bruyne has got a very good case in that he played and played and played last season and the number of times in the second half of the season that we he stopped to talk to us in the mix zone and he said uh, how tired he was you know you'll you know that John as well you know he, he was saying he, he, he did feel tired um, but you know it's part of being a football and you've just got to get through that but the summer is a time when you when you you need to recharge your batteries you do need to do and I think if Kevin De Bruyne came back came back on the Monday um I think that'll be fair enough. I don't think he will because he loves playing football, and he'll probably want to play in the Community Shield like everybody else. Uh, and it's surprising, you know, to you have, you have a couple of weeks off, and then you want to get back and get back with the lads and, and start playing again, don't you? Well, De Bruyne's quite an interesting one. I mean, the number of times last season you, you thought, "Well, this is a game he can miss," and yeah, he was there, and then and then the fourth place playoff, he was all over the pitch again, wasn't he? Sprinting everywhere, starting his. Yeah. He loves it, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the if he was in the community shield. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, that's uh, you know he, he can get away with it. He's, he's a young lad. He can. Uh, he's probably against 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 better judgment. I mean, it, perhaps I think sometimes players like that need need um, protecting against themselves because they, they they will play and play and play, and it's it's up to Pep and, and his medical staff and. and, and the physios and everybody else to say, look, you know, you, no, you know, just sit this one out because I'm sure it comes from him. I'm sure he wants to play in every game. I remember him playing at, at Cardiff in, in the FA Cup. And nobody thought he would play, yeah, and he did everything. Him. He was up and down the pitch, and afterwards he he came out and he did all the media interviews. And then I, I said I wouldn't be surprised at the end, you know, when everyone was leaving the stadium that if he, he wasn't there with a brush cleaning <laughs> up after himself, because he, he's, he's just that kind of character. He's, he's just like involved in everything and wants to and wants to be there. He wants to do it, and I think you just kind of think Pep needs to take him to one side and say, no, you are going to sit this one out. You know, I know you really want to play, but everyone wants to really play, and this this one isn't for you. 
but but looking a little bit further into the into the future, the uh, that opening game against Arsenal is obviously the most important one. Um, you know, the Community Shields. It's obviously nice. Some 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 managers claim it as a as a trophy. Some <laughs> most many people don't. But Arsenal's the big one, um, and that's probably you know that's. It's a big game that because obviously it's the it's the Emirates, it's a new manager, and it's going to be they're going to be up for that, and after, the games that follow after that, uh, the fixtures have been quite kind. Yeah. On the, so that's that's the big one, and I think some of the people who are out in the states, like like Foden, like Laporte, who obviously missed the game last night, they they've got to be thinking they they're going to be in in for that game. Sane, Mares. Um, and the guys coming out, so I think it's possible that for one or two players that, that they won't be considered for the Arsenal game. And we, we saw in the, after the summer last season when Bernardo was at the Confederates, it, it took him a while before he was involved. Yeah, so. I think if you can get the Argentines back and you get Aguero and you've got a front three of Aguero, Mares, and Sane, and you've got Otamendi and Laporte, and you've got Edison, yeah, Mendy, yeah. I mean that should be a good enough team for the opening day. You would like to think. Well, normally, but like John said, I think Arsenal are going to be difficult. They, they'll still be smarting from what City did to them there yeah. last season when they absolutely schooled them twice uh, in four days. So, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, and, and the second one um, was on their own patch, and it was even more of a tatering than the first one. When we all yeah. thought we thought it would be, there'd be a comeback, we thought that Arsenal are going to be really stung by losing heavily in a cup final. But City just went out and absolutely destroyed them on their own their own turf. Um, I mean, obviously, everything that was going on, we Wenger probably fed into that, and the, the players are bound to get involved in all that. But now they've got a new manager, everyone's got a new start, a few new players coming in, and you will expect Arsenal to be right up for it, and and that. The Emirates will become the stadium that it used to be for City, which is a tough place to go and get a result. Um, they, they blew that one away last season, but I, I think it'll be a difficult, difficult game that one. But I keep saying that, and every time I say that, City go out and win four 0 So, speaking of difficult games, they've got Liverpool on Wednesday or the early hours of Thursday, depending on which time zone you are in. Liverpool have a much stronger squad out here. In the States, they've got Salah, they've got Mane, um, they've got a very good side and uh, they've also spent a considerable amount of money to say that Jurgen Klopp said he'd leave football if um, if transfers went that way. So Liverpool beat City three times out of four last season. Are we expecting another tough game in this? Doesn't mean anything friendly. Yeah, but I think this is a one that Liverpool might think to put a marker down for. Yeah. Um, I know. Although there'll be a couple of players back. I mean, that was a that was a real makeshift back four against Dortmund. Uh, and you know, coming and up it against showed. yeah, but it showed against Dortmund. And if you're going up against, well, so it's going to be Salah and Mane. Um, yeah, it's it's going to. Be, I think it could be, could be a, a tough night, um, but. Like, like Stu's just said, you know, we've said how many times did, we, <laughs> did I say that last season and it, it never turned out that way. So. Yeah, but what you haven't said is that you've got Salah on one side, Mane on the other, and City haven't got a left back or a right back on the <laughs> yeah. tour. You know, they played Luke Bolton and Sinchenko there, so you do kind of think it's going to be a, 
a rough old night if Liverpool put out a strong team. Um, that, but it doesn't mean anything. I'm sure that the Liverpool will make a big deal out of it if, if if they win the game comfortably, which I expect they will do. Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't actually mean anything. They're not. They're not playing a, <coughs> a City team. They, they're not even playing a City second team. Other they're playing a City third team basically, uh, with Maris thrown in and uh, and Laporte possibly. Um, so Sane, but uh, so yeah. I mean. It, I know people people want to put significance against these games because they've not had a game for a couple of months. I know we've had the World Cup, but we've not had a club game for a couple of months. So people want to people want want a win under the belt and they want to see the team in action. But it doesn't really matter, does it? At the end of the well, day, there's been a lot of big talk coming from <coughs> Anfield over the summer, particularly mm. with the signings and stuff like that, and the way they finished the, the season and the way they beat City twice in, in the Champions League, and everyone seeing them as they're City's biggest rivals for the title this season, and you know Liverpool are definitely talking themselves up. So, so I, it, it'd be quite. I mean, in a, it could in be a, significant if City were to get a result with the, you know, no no fullbacks, no defenders, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be disastrous for Liverpool because it's kind of a no. I say it's a no-win situation for them, but they find a way to to win certain situations. You don't think. They can, but um, City is this. I think I think it's where Guardiola and this squad unity that he's he's built comes in because they might get a hammering. But uh, Danny Rose spoke last season when City beat Spurs in pre-season and said that was you know a very dispiriting experience for them because they saw just how good this City team was. And if you can get any kind of advantage over your rivals, you you know it's like being one nil up before you've kicked off against them. So I think you know whatever the result or the performance on on Wednesday, City just have to to write it off and take whatever they want from the game, but not. Yeah, I think I think last season saw slightly different in that there was no World Cup. No, so no, no. people had stronger squads out here, but it, it kind of detracts from all that. Um, but it's going to be real. I think Liverpool City, that rivalry that that started up, we all know about traditionally the Liverpool United rivalry, but really it's, it's kicked in with City now as well. There's a, um, there's, a, there's a real nice rivalry brewing. And I do think that Liverpool will be City's biggest uh, biggest contenders next season. Uh, now that they're, especially now they're ruining football uh, <laughs> officially and uh, spending vast amounts. Is it world's most expensive defender, world's most expensive goalkeeper and you know all kinds of money for midfielders um, after Jurgen Klopp said he'd walk away from football as you said um, so it's it'd be interesting to find out from Mr Klopp when he changed his mind and all that yes it will and uh, there will be previews and press conferences and open training from both camps coming up in uh, the coming days we'll be back with another podcast after the Liverpool game to uh, take the bones out of that one and talk about the 14-0 victory for Liverpool or whatever it might end up the glorious 2-1 win for City maybe Um, but thank you to Stuart and Jonathan for joining us pleasure and uh, don't forget to subscribe and review and rate on iTunes and Acast we'll be back with another Talking City podcast next week for you